This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to Nordic Nation from Faster Skier. In this quick edit episode, we connect with five-time Berkey winner, Caitlin Gregg, at her home in Minneapolis. Added to the list of Gregg's accomplishments, she and her husband, Brian Gregg, are new parents. Welcome to the world, Heidi. In the first half of this episode, we get some thoughts from Caitlin on the Berkey. And in the second half, we talk to Craftsbury Green Racing Project's Akio Mayfeld Karuchi. Akio has three podiums this season on the Super Tour, and we'll jump into his second Berkey on Saturday. He'll advise us on how not to lose a water bottle and what he expects on his Saturday race journey. We also want to thank a sponsor, uh, Faster Skiers American Birkebiner coverage is made possible through the generous support of New Moon Ski and Bike in Hayward, Wisconsin. While you're at the Berkey, be sure to visit New Moon Ski and Bike for all your local expertise. On with the episode. Yeah. All right. I'm starting from the top. Okay. So Caitlin, you are a new mom. All right. And you're also a five-time Berkey winner. <laughs> yep. So tell me a little bit about your, the past three weeks of your life. (laughs) Um, so just, you know, from, from the big, big moment, um, Brian and I are new parents. Um, we welcomed our first child, a baby girl on February 5th. And, um, yeah, it's definitely been a whirlwind, not a lot of sleep, but a lot of excitement and adrenaline. And, uh, I have to say it's probably the coolest thing I've ever experienced. Okay. And Brian is going to, he's racing the Berkey this year, um, working full time training, some uh, training in his spare time and parenting. Um, how (laughs) is, how is he feeling? Uh, he's actually, he's feeling really good. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely disciplined and dedicated and he gets up really early and gets in some training before work. And he has a great boss who lets him come in a little bit later so he can, uh, he can make up kind of for some of the time that he misses in the mornings and the evening, um, at work. And, uh, yeah, he's also studying for all of his, um, licensing exams. And so he, he's a busy guy, but he always, uh, seems to have time at the end of the day to spend, yeah, a good hour or two with, with his new daughter. So it's pretty impressive what he's doing. Does he get grouchy if he doesn't exercise? Um, you know, I, I guess I haven't seen it yet because he's been exercising pretty well. Right, <laughs> no, Brian, Brian doesn't really get grouchy. He's a pretty, he's a pretty chill dude. It's oh, pretty awesome. You're like, yeah, I don't know because he's been exercising for the yeah. past 35 <laughs> years or whatever. Exactly. That's a good point. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So you, having done the Berkey seven times, evidently, and winning it five times, um, yep. You know what it's like to ski fast and be successful there. You also live in that region. So I am curious what type of conditions you've heard about, you know, what, what type of conditions racers might see this year? Yeah, we've had a, um, a really good uh, February, basically, where we, uh, we have been getting snowfall after snowfall here in the Twin Cities. And I know that, um, a lot of them have been hitting Hayward. I don't know what the totals have been up there, but um, yeah, this is probably the most snow I've ever seen in Minnesota. Uh, that being said, I haven't spent every wow. winter here <laughs> consistently either. So um, this is my first full winter here, but uh, it's definitely, it's a lot of snow. So I think the conditions are going to be 
some of the best they've been in the last decade for sure. Okay. And so one of the things before I had a recording uh, faux pas here. So one of the things we talked about was you, you obviously have skied at the sharp end of the race uh, most of the time. And there are occasions when the elite women's wave has started uh, behind the elite men and when they've started before. Um, and it sounds like this year they'll be starting. I'm so, Yeah. They'll be starting first this year. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. So what types of how does that play in the strategy? And I know that sounds like it's also dependent on snow conditions as well in terms of snow speed. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, um, a lot of it depends on how the men's field is, well, both men's field and the women's field. So, you know, depending on if people are pushing the pace in either group or sort of sitting and waiting, um, you know, you have two separate races going on simultaneously between the men's race and the women's race. And uh, so, you know, it's a little bit of an unknown because you don't know how your race is going to unfold. And you also don't know how their race is going to unfold, but you kind of have, um, what I would say is some different plans in place, like plan a, if the men's field catches us plan B, if they don't, um, and so on. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember the, this has only been probably the last, uh, four or five years that they've had the women go first. And so it definitely kind of changed, the race. And one thing that's definitely not easy is that when the men's field catches you from, uh, pretty early on, I would say, you know, I, one point I had 15 K to ski still, um, I kind of had to make the decision. Do I jump on the men's, um, group that was coming by or not? And I couldn't break the women. It seemed like we had a pretty strong group in the pack still. So I jumped on. Um, but there's also that whole part of it that it's the elite men's field, you know, the top 10 men in the Berkey. So to jump on that pack is not an easy, it's right. not an easy ride by any means. So, um, yeah, so there's a, you know, there's a lot of strategy and kind of a lot to think about in terms of how you want to, how you want to execute that if, if they do catch you. Okay. And who on the women's side this year, um, who might be the favorites? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's not a world, um, it's not part of the world Lopit this year, or I should say it's not part of the FIS Marathon Cup. Excuse me. It's always part of the world Lopit. It's not part of the FIS um, Marathon Cup. And so we're not seeing um, any, uh, we're not seeing any international racers this year, which is definitely, you know, a different race um, when they're there because it's usually a group of athletes who are committed to racing the marathons and they have teams, professional teams come over and, you know, have full support. And sometimes you don't know how the athletes, you know, where their fitness is, um, or who they even are in the field. Um, you just kind of hear little stories, um, about how they're performing or who, you know, who the favorites are. Um, so this year it's a little bit more wide open. Um, I would say for both the men's and the women's race. Uh, and so I would say, you know, the favorites, um, for sure is Keegan Randall. She's coming or she's here now, um, to compete in her first Berkey. So, you know, she has an impressive resume, but she also has had kind of a, a you know, I would say a, a less than ideal year. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of a, of a question mark for her. Um, but again, you know, her, her whole motto was, you know, staying active through, through cancer. And, and, uh, I think she's done an incredible job. So I think, you know, we can't, we can't cut her out. That's, that's for sure. Um, and that then I know. Amazing. I yeah, mean, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we also have, um, 
I believe, uh, Becca Rohrbau will be here. So she's a, you know, an APU strong, consistent skier was, you know, has been really close to making some big international teams for many years. Um, and also Kate Feldman from Sun Valley. And then, um, you know, there's always going to be sort of the, the local heroes too, if you will. Um, you know, there's a lot of ladies who train really hard for the race. We have Elena Sonneson, who's skiing at Stratton this year. This will be her first 50 K I believe. So, you know, there's a little bit of unknown there. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a number, her sister, in fact, Marit Sonneson is another strong, um, she's actually a marathon runner and has done the Berkey and been, I believe top 10 in the Berkey a number of times. So, there for sure is some, some strong, some strong women, um, kind of, you know, local, local athletes, if you will, that, uh, could make, could make, uh, you know, a podium for sure. I think. Is Erica Flowers Newell or um, Erica Newell Flowers? No. She's not. Nope. Okay. She's not racing. Guys, I know she's been skiing well this year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the marathon distances yeah. and skates. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was surprised actually that she wasn't going to, she wasn't going to, because I believe she's been third in the birthday yeah. before. So, yep. yeah, yeah. And how about, you know, on the men's side, anybody, yeah, anybody come to mind? Some guy with a red beard. <laughs> yeah, Brian. <laughs> Brian, Brian's been doing, Brian's been doing well. Um, obviously, he's my favorite and my pick always. <laughs> um, but of course, his, uh, you know, his, one of his best friends, Matt Leach, has also been uh, skiing really well. He just won the Super Tour here um, last weekend, the 10K skate. So he's in good shape. And, uh, and so he, you know, the two of them are, are great training buddies, great friends for cash over a decade. And so they're, they're, they're excited to, to always race the Berkey. Um, and then there's also Akio from Crassberry. Um, he's definitely skiing well. And some of the APU boys, Forrest Malin. Um, gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to forget anyone. Tyler Cornfield, um, who's, you know, a great, great skier from all, at all distances. Um, and, uh, Thomas O'Hara. And, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some more that I'm, I'm missing, but those are the ones that come to mind. So it's a great year, uh, I would say for an American to win both the men and the women. So it might be some surprise, um, international racers who come, um, but I haven't heard too much about them yet. Okay. And what is it about this Matt Leach guy, man? He's like, <laughs> comes out of, right. He's always sort of semi-retired. Yeah. And then, and then he, I think he showed up at us nationals in Anchorage and just like killed the first race last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he has an incredible, you know, he and Brian are, are pretty awesome because they both, they both work and Matt has, you know, Matt kind of started the family, the family life, um, you know, gosh, 11 years ago when we were all with CXC and we were like, wow, that's, that's different. <laughs> we were right, better, right. You know, what we're going to have for lunch. And he was like, yeah, right. we have another kid on the way. And we we're like, Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's been really cool to follow Matt's success. Cause yeah, he's been working and, you know, being a, a father for, for many years. And, and so it's, it's, it's impressive. And I think that for sure he is, you know, he is a huge, um, I would, you know, I would say a huge kind of inspiration for Brian and how Brian's been, you know, handling his year of, of balancing everything. And so, yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt has it down, you know, he can, he can ski fast when he needs to and, uh, definitely keep it interesting. So I would never count him out. Um, you know, but I think the, like you asked what it is about him, 
man, I think he just loves it. <laughs> he just uh. loves the sport. He loves racing so much that, you know, even, even if his training isn't perfect, even if he is, you know, starting a new business, he's just, he just exudes, exudes passion for the sport and everything about it at all levels. So I think that that's his secret for sure. Thanks to Caitlin for taking the time with us. Now up, Akio. I am Akio Mayfeld Karuchi. I ski for the Crossbury Green Racing Project. And you weren't a shabby academic student either back in the day, correct? Before that, I skied for the Harvard Crimson, where yeah, I studied mechanical engineering and skied for four years for them. All righty. Okay, so let's cut to the chase here. You are, you've skied a bunch of super tours this year. You've done well. I think you have two podiums. Is that right? Um, I have three podiums. Okay. What's, is the third one the, the, the sprint one recently? Um, I was fifth this past weekend in the sprint, and I was third in the skate tent. I talked to Caitlin Gregg this morning, and um, just to kind of get some American Berkebiner rundown, her thoughts, she is a five-time winner out of seven times actually competing. So that's a pretty good win percentage. And, you know, I was like, hey, on the guy's side, besides, you know, Brian Gregg, who's looking good? And in that list of folks, she said, yeah, Akio. And I, she, I don't think she mentioned your last name, but I was like, I know that guy, Akio. So I'm going to reach out to Akio. And here we are. How many Berkebiners have you done? I have attempted to do two. I have skied in one two years ago. Um, I came for the year it was canceled. Um, and then I was lucky last year. It was beautiful and great skiing. And we had a really nice Berkey. I got to ski that as my first time. Okay. And... How did that go for you? I'm assuming you had done some 50Ks prior to that. Is that right? Yeah, I've done a few. Um, that was my first point-to-point 50K. Most of our 50Ks come at Spring Series as a championship 50K, um, which is for us Spring Series is the last Super Tour segment at the end of March, and it also includes Distance Nationals, which is a 30K for women and a 50K for men. Um but those ski, I think, fairly differently um, because they are usually on a 5K or a shorter course. You're doing a lot of laps, and you know, so it skis like a 15K course where you usually have some big climbs and some big descents, and you're repeating them back-to-back, whereas this trail is really fun to do point-to-point where it's constantly changing. It's a little bit disorienting in some ways because it's just these constant rollers that just go for miles and miles, just twisting and turning through the woods and things look fairly similar and they do have K markers, which somehow last year I didn't realize until someone told me after the race that they have a K marker every single K. Oh, Akio. Um, so apparently if you pay attention, it does tell <laughs> right. you where you are on the course. Right. You need to put the Harvard uh, degree to use. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Uh, this year I have learned better. So um, also, you know, having you've, done the course once, right? You've raced it once. Um, you probably, I'm assuming, previewed maybe a couple sections recently. Yep. So in terms of feeds and racing it, how do you kind of go into something like this? Yeah, and so I'd say also compared to the championship 50Ks, this is different where <clears throat> you're not lapping through a stadium every 5K. You don't have a coach there giving you feeds and with things like spare poles. Last year, this was pretty significant. I 
my bottle came out of my waste pack at about 2K in the race. Um, so didn't really have any needs after that. I don't think I got one or really? two. Um, and so that's a challenge. Usually people do carry water with them, which we don't do in the championship races. Um, and I think that is nice when you have it because you can take a drink whenever you want. You don't have to wait for someone to give it to you. Um, but also it's on you. So if it freezes or if you drop it, those are factors that can become pretty significant by the end. And also the pole factor, if you break a pole out there, oftentimes it's quite a while before you see anyone with a pole to give you another one. And I learned that one. Okay, the- so you broke a pole too last year? I learned that the hard way last year as well. Yeah, I broke a pole around 35K and had about 5K of oh my gosh. in the back trying to hang on with one pole before I saw one stuck Akio. in the snow on the side and I stopped and grabbed it. <laughs> So that's a dynamic where we're not used to, for sure. Um, wow, so. that's like a confluence of horrible events last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So those things made my Berkey a little challenging last year, but I felt very good, had good skis, and had a lot of fun on the course. Um, I was with the pack for about the first 40, 42K, I think. Um, don't really remember, but something like that. And, and so, yeah, yeah sorry. Go so, ahead. so hopefully this year it goes a little more smoothly and I can extend that to hang on all the way. But yeah, what, what could go wrong? Well, <laughs> you know, there are a few things. It's a long ways, but That's hopefully true. it goes well. And also I think this year will be interesting. I think it might ski quite differently from last year because the yeah, so is so What are the conditions like? The conditions, I think, actually might end up being pretty similar. It snowed a bunch a couple of days ago, but they plowed a lot of that off because they had a really good base already, and it was nice and firm. So we are out on the course today, and it was nice. Um, it's still fairly firm. There was a little skiff of new snow from overnight that's fallen since they groomed, but we'll see. That'll probably be all groomed out. Um, there's a chance of some precipitation either overnight and then again in the afternoon on Saturday. So we'll see exactly what the conditions turn up, but I think they'll be pretty firm um, in general. I think they'll be quite nice. Not super fast, uh, fresh snow for sure, but uh, I think it'll be nice conditions. What is, um, so who are kind of the guy favorites right now? Um, I think Brian Gregg and Matt Leach are definitely two be strong favorites. They both skied it a number of times. They're both very good skate distance, especially marathon skiers. They have been around for a while, have skied more marathons in general, but also the Berkey more times than any of the other domestic skiers, at least that I can think of, um, on the current or recent Super Tour cycle. Um, but there are a lot of other skiers that could do well as also. Um, it'll be fun, though, people like Rogan Brown, who is a great skater, but this year transitioned to coaching for the Bridger Ski Foundation, but he's going to race. So you never know how someone like that could do. Um, obviously, some of the other Super Tour guys, some of the APU boys, Eric Packer, Horace Malin, Thomas O'Hara, they're good. Um, Tyler Cornfield, that whole crew is good. Uh, Sun Valley has some strong boys out here on this, that have been doing well in the Super Tour. Peter Holmes. Although I believe Peter is doing the yep. classic race, um, but I'm not sure on that. And so okay. it'll be interesting for sure. I also, as it being only my second year here, I don't think I know the field as well as some other people might, but 
I'm foreseeing that some of the people I named will be up there and that there'll be definitely a few others that I don't know and haven't heard of that will also be with us for a long time. And that's one of the fun things about the Berkey when you have so many people and such as just so many great skiers out there that there's always bound to be a couple of people that are in the mix that, you know, having a great day that you maybe don't know or haven't heard of or haven't raced before. Are you the type of skier that, you know, uh, would take a flyer off the front at the latter stages of, of the race? You know, I mean, sometimes there's safety in a group in the sense that there's drafting. Um, but do you kind of visualize anything like that pre-race? Um, I try and visualize a lot of the different possibilities. I think something like that could happen, but very dependent on how fast it actually skis. If it's quite fast, the the drafting factor is larger, so a pack could survive for longer like it did last year. There was a pretty big pack through, honestly, about 40K, even 45K. There was upwards of 30 guys together, which was really a new experience for me and very different racing than we're used to. Um, I don't think it'll be quite like that. I think it'll be a little slower this year, but we'll see. Um, if it's a little slower, yeah, it's hard to know. There, Sometimes when it's slower, it's hard to get away, but also there's some of the climbs that you can put a little more work in and break the draft factor, and someone definitely might get away. I think someone will definitely try, and it'll be interesting to see if that works. Um, especially in the la- latter stages of the race, if I'm feeling good, I'd be nervous about letting someone like that go. So I might be trying to close down on those gaps or push the pace if I'm feeling great and it isn't super fast or we'll just have to see. Yeah. See how it goes at that point. Definitely visualize a few different scenarios, but hard to know what'll happen. Okay. And, and do you have a water bottle carrier with it? Like, is it the same one as last year or do you have a different make? I have a different one, different brand, different okay. bottle. Hopefully it goes better this time. Is the bottle vertical or is it slightly askew? You know, like some of them, it's it, they're sort of perpendicular to your bum, you know, so you just pull it out that way. So, like, yeah. I'm curious. Vertical is safer. The horizontal right. or the angled ones are a little more convenient to grab, especially, you know, with poles on and other skiing mm-hmm. and stuff. But last year it was one I hadn't tested that was a diagonal one that the bottle fell out of. So tomorrow I'm testing a couple, actually. I have a vertical one that I know will work. Um, and then I might test a new one from Solomon tomorrow and see if that one's a little better and easier to use. You mean test them before the race? Yeah, tomorrow. Gotcha. Okay. So that, that leads to my next question. Is so you switched to brands. And I'm curious, you know, at this point in the season, having a new fleet of skis, you ski Solomon right now and just skis being brought into you, kind of the domestic inventory that you may have access to. Do you have a fairly good idea of what skis to use at a race like this, 50K? Or are you out there still like trying to determine, is it this ski, that ski, or one of five skis or whatever? I mean, I would say a little of both. We always try to be pretty open with our testing. We try never to come in with a preconceived idea of, oh, I know this is going to run well, I know this won't. And we try to be pretty open to be like, well, I think these three might run well, but I'm going to test another one or two just in case, Um, just because we have the time to and we can if it's the day before or two days before. Um, So I did a little preliminary testing today, but not much. I think I'll test. I think I'll bring four pair out tomorrow and see – Brian, the Solomon rep, might bring out a couple skis. and So we'll test a few things. Um, 
I'm feeling pretty dialed in with my skate fleet now, but it is my first year, so it's not a giant fleet. Um, I have a couple colder grinds and a couple warmer grinds and a few different flex profiles, and we'll just kind of see what's running. Um, yeah, I don't get too worked up about skis selection or waxing or it definitely makes a difference, you know, picking where you test, when you test, trying to make it applicable for the most important part of the race. I'm not too concerned about what happens in the first half because even if my skis aren't quite as good, I think I'll be able to hold on. But if, you know, there's a change in the second half or the last 10K gets really wet or something, that would be something significant that a cold ski might do poorly in the last 10K. And that could be a really important part of the race. So trying to keep things like that in mind, but it looks like it'll be, the temperatures should be fairly constant through the day and below freezing. So I'm not too concerned for it about it for this weekend. What are the projected temperatures? I've seen a few different things. It's supposed to be warm, I think, starting low and maybe 20 or something and rising up to about freezing okay. by the high of the day. But uh, I'm, I haven't checked in the last okay. couple of days, so I'm not, I'm not positive. So not exactly like squeaky cold No, I think no. it should be quite nice. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Anything else I should ask you? Um, some people have been asking me if I'm going to go for the preem at 1K. There's a 1K preem. And I <laughs> won the preem last year at one kilometer. Uh, and so some people have been asking about that. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And what's the, the value of the preem? Um, $500 to win the preem at 1K. And there's another preem at 25K at double O. And that is also a $500 preem. What did you, 500 bucks, Akio, you could buy yourself like a climbing helmet and a bunch of other fun toys. This is true. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so are you, are you, are you, but maybe like that effort, your frenzy at one K last year, uh, made me lose my bottle. Maybe <laughs> that's, that's right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So maybe just like chill past the one K mark and, uh, you'll fare better just having that nutrition the rest of the race. Might be true, but we'll have to I don't see. know. What the <laughs> hell do I know? Um, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>